Last time on Montreal Sauce. I said I don't think I'm like a complete and total virgin when it comes to Linux. I've sort of touched Linux boobs. Let's go get coffee and recompile our kernel. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Pickup Lines with Paul. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Is it, it... and do you have human interface device support compiled? Because <laughs> I'm human. You're pretty. I want to ram you. <laughs> this has been Pickup Lines with Drunk Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. You're married. Yeah. <laughs> That was the other one I was working on, was like, hey, if you don't tell my wife, I won't either. (laughs) (laughs) Also, sleeping on the couch after this episode. Yes. But there will be a little bit of a delay, because you won't hear it right away. (laughs) 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 You said that a week ago? She doesn't listen. She always says, I don't want to listen, do I? I don't want to listen, do I? Yeah, she It's says okay, that. you can listen. It's fine. I know. I I think she's caught me several times like on the phone saying, well, here in Canada. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to listen to your podcast. You're probably saying mean things. But your mean old wife who made you move all the way to Canada... And no, I say, no, no. no, you're my sugar mom. I love this. <laughs> I have a, a friend doing a startup business. And so they may hire me to process some images for them. Oh, nice. It's pretty exciting, but uh, the process is a little intense. And whether I want to believe it or not, it turns out when I click the little apple in the corner of this laptop, apparently it's four years old now. Oh, yeah. So we're a little bit worried about that. So I may be upgrading whether I want to or not. Gotcha. In fact, my friend lives in a room that is in, he lives in New York. So obviously his uh, room that he lives in is uh, smaller than the length of our podcast. <laughs> and, um, he, since he is into animation he has a couple of animation nodes and computers sitting around and he's like I haven't done anything with this I'm just going to ship it to you <laughs> so he's offering to do that to sort of help me with some costs but I may be getting a 8 or 12 core <laughs> machine in the mail wow yeah it's a serious business that uh, so he would send you like a full on. No, I said shipping would be too crazy, and yeah. he he admittedly he has like a few computers that he's built that he uses to render and work, and um, gotcha. He bought these two or three animation nodes that he found somewhere, hmm. and since they're like actual nodes, and I think they're meant to be in a render farm or something, um he was going to experiment with them or try to hook them up. And eventually the, like a lot of stuff that happens, your <laughs> life gets busy and you don't do these things. And so right. now he just wants to get rid of them. So he said that he would just probably ship me the board and the CPU because it would sure. be a little less expensive. And then I'd have to buy a power supply and a case. And Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about doing that. I mean, they are, not old and obviously like eight cores is a lot so (laughs) i'm sure it'll be fine but i'm just it's one of those things whenever you take on a project like that it's like oh oops we forgot about this here's another four hundred dollars right yeah so i'm kind of hoping that the old macbook here can uh handle the work that they're gonna send me but i haven't got the hard drive in the mail so yeah see i did some work with him today just to kind of get the ins and outs of what I needed to learn. And then um, he sent me some images through Dropbox. So I'm going to play with them maybe tomorrow and see if this computer can do it. 
Nice. Yeah, fun times. Yeah. So part of me wants to be excited about a crazy new computer to play with, but the other part of me is like, oh, that's going to be money. <laughs> so I have to like sit down and be an adult and figure out how much money I can like make doing this job and if the computer will pay for itself. Mm-hmm. Right. In the meantime, we're looking at uh, pretty soon here uh, upgrading the wife to a Chromebook. Ah, okay. She, because um, the school is so embedded into uh, Google, Google services. Yeah. So um, they have some in some of the schools, but her current school doesn't have any. And we talked about it before. And, you know, there's limitations to those machines. Sure. For sure. Yeah. But um, she just would like to get the experience so she could be a little more useful and maybe move up in leadership and things. So, oh, yeah. And her laptop currently needs an upgrade, and uh, we've just been dragging our feet, and we bought the tablet hoping that would help. But uh, Right. But uh, she now wants the Chromebook, so that's cool. I think it'll be fun to play with. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting, especially if they're using them and kind of supporting them in, uh, in, her, uh, you know, in her school. Yeah. Um, that would be that, – that, certainly makes it for a more pleasant experience um because if you're if you're not really in the google ecosystem you're going to find that machine very limiting but oh yeah um but if you if you use a lot of their services it's going to do pretty much everything you need it to do at that point so yeah i was amazed though like i can understand like it doesn't need much you know so Mm -hmm. and the idea is like it doesn't need much and so therefore you don't need like a tremendous amount of power like the Raspberry Pi. Sure. Um, so it's built to a need, but I was just amazed that if it looks like when I was kind of looking at them a year ago or so, when, or maybe two years ago, like around Chromebooks when they first started coming out, would have like four gigs of RAM, and now they only have two, which, okay, keeps the cost down, but I'm like, you can never not have enough RAM. Right. <laughs> I'm like the old flaming iMac over in the laundry room right now has two gigs of RAM and it's maxed out. And let me tell you, folks, like it used to play videos pretty well and it still does. But uh, I can't play a video and like scroll at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So my... So my uh... My iMac here, you mentioned the flaming iMac. Um, apparently, my iMac is one of a series of iMacs that has a recall on it right now from Apple where they will replace your graphics card because uh, the graphics cards are uh, slowly failing on a large number of them due to a defect in manufacturing by ATI. So, oh, no. Yeah, and... It's funny because I had just started seeing like weird glitches and it's a um what I'm seeing it's not like a total failure the the computer is completely usable but what's happening is every once in a while like I'll be scrolling and then all of a sudden there will be like weird digital distortiony green squares that just kind of show up yep. in different places on the monitor and as I'm it's interesting because it only gets stuck in one of the two frame buffers. So while I'm scrolling, like they'll disappear, they'll come back, they'll disappear, they'll come back. And if I like take a window and drag it all around the screen, that will reset that other frame buffer and they'll all go away. Yep. Which pink. is what? Pink is uh, pink and green are the two colors. Yeah. Mine. Yep. Occasionally, it, it, what's wicked cool is it will like. <laughs> It'll get like one of those like cheesy dock animations, like when you minimize something stuck <laughs> yeah. in the buffer, and then you've got this sort of like mangled like window ha- piece hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that was always frightening. Yep, I was like, oh no. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm not seeing any glitches right now as we record the podcast. But on the other hand, I'm not doing very much with the. Uh, with the monitor at this time that's super video intense um 
but I will be probably scheduling my computer to go into the Genius Bar at some point because if they're going to replace a graphics card, I'm going to take it. Oh yeah, so for sure, get a couple more years out of that because I, I think this iMac is two and a half, three years old now. So yeah, I'm a little torn because um, well, first I was going to say yeah, you're going to have to. Hopefully they can do it in the store because you're going to have to give up your whole computer because they sure won't let you do it. Mm-hmm. Even for the plastic foot on my MacBook here that fell off, like I I read online that you can just get one at an Apple store and put it on yourself. No, I have to like make an appointment and they have to physically do it. I can't do it myself. It's <laughs> yeah. like a rubber foot. I push right. it in. Right, exactly. I was like so frustrated because <laughs> like... To get an appointment at the Genius Bar, you have to know Steve Jobs, like resurrect him from the dead (laughs) and have him walk you into the store to get an appointment. I have got a really great customer for you today. (laughs) His name is Chris. And there's one more thing. He's got an iPhone. (laughs) No, he actually doesn't have an iPhone going to say the one more thing is that i must eat your brain (laughs) i am zombie steve jobs i'm gonna feel really bad about it later though (laughs) not (laughs) yeah um and phones when you said uh you're gonna take a graphics card if they'll give you one i for whatever reason i was feeling vulnerable in a new country (laughs) uh it was my second day in canada where did the phone guy touch you chris uh, it was horrible. <laughs> no, he made me buy the insurance. I never buy the insurance, but I was like, I'm in a strange place, and if my phone breaks, who will I call? So I bought the insurance when I got my phone, and he said, if anything, like, you know, we pretty much will replace the... Well, you can, if anything, this insurance is worth it to replace the battery. You know, the old sure. laptop, like, insurance sale, and I was like... right. You know, I just recently bought a battery for the Droid X before I moved to Canada, and <laughs> I bought it on Amazon for like $16, which was like, and it was from Korea or who knows where, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's any better than the one it replaced, but uh, so it's like, when you just said that, I was like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to like go to the store and say, oh, my battery's not working, can I have a new one? <laughs> But the downside of that is, like, if he wants to touch my phone, it, it's not going to look very Samsung-y because <laughs> right. I'm not running their ROM. Yes. It's, it's no longer touch-whizzed. Yeah. I need to pull the older, old, like, take a screen cap of the touch-whiz screen and then put that as my wallpaper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your code so I can open your phone? I can't give that to you. That's why it's coded. <laughs> right. I actually need to do that. I when you just said like your work phone, which did just lock itself recently, as we heard. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I need to do that. I, I keep forgetting to actually put a code into my phone because um, it did come to mind that I'm not one who like has like his bank app on there. I I think that's rather silly, honestly. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I just recently um oh, that's what I did. Uh I recently installed something I talked about in a previous called podcast called Free OTP, which is a open source version of sort of Google's authenticator app to send you codes for two-factor. And so now that I have this, I have two-factor authentication enabled on most of the websites that I use. So obviously my Google, I've had that set up forever, but Tumblr for my blog and um, my hosting company has two-factor enabled. So uh, I have that, and there is uh, Evernote has two factor that I can use this app with. So now I just have one app that gives me my two factor codes for all of these services. Nice. So I was really excited about that, and then as I was like setting it up, someone was like, 
you know, it sucks that you have to have this extra like two factor thing, but it's also on your phone. So make sure you're locking your phone. And I was like, right. Oh, oh yeah. All <laughs> someone has to do is pick that up. And yeah. So, so yeah, I did a, like a big, um, a big, a blog about how to, uh, find your lost Android phone, but it might do well to actually secure my phone. <laughs> I can erase it, but it could be too late. Right. The fun part about passwords, too, is that I recently uh, found, thanks to Lifehacker, I found this uh, fun little website. It will tell you how secure your password is if you're um, silly enough to actually type in your password into a website. Um, <laughs> or or you can type, they even say, like, right on the website, like, don't type your password into strange sites. We aren't going to do anything with it, but you probably shouldn't, huh? Right. And so, uh, so it was just crazy silly how, like, some of these uh, passwords that I have would be to break on a normal desktop computer. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, one of my passwords is the randomly generated characters that Grand Valley State University gave me to log into my email when I first got an email account there, rather than changing the password to like something uh, that I know and love, I just memorized <laughs> the random numbers because I thought, how secure is that? Yes, right. And that password, I think, when I typed it in onto the website, uh, just a regular desktop computer made today could like decrypt in like I don't know ninety minutes. Yeah. And so I decided to now, with all my passwords, move to the to the joke but totally serious um, web comic <laughs> that's pretty famous from uh, who is that? XKCD. Yeah, yeah. I've moved to this like random. Where it's like a giant passphrase of random words, more or less. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wow, those are really hard to break when I was typing those in there, like six septillion years and things like that. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny is when you do random phrases of words, they're really hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm like looking around the house going, okay, my new password is lamp, swimming, 36, uh, railing. <laughs> and then like it says this is a super secure password and I congratulate myself and then when I have to type it in next time I'm like uh did I use a dash on the 36 or not <laughs> was it bone 32 or lamp 32 yeah now I'm gonna have to reset it again <laughs> yeah it's been fun I mean I do have like I I would be interested maybe Sort of to try LastPass, but I'm using mm -hmm. one password because I paid for it. So, <laughs> well, I've heard that that is the one to go with. Yeah. So yeah, um, they actually were really cool. I think that's where I found this website about passwords. But LastPass actually came up with um, a list of like places that you absolutely have to change your password because of Heartbleed. Oh, nice. And so they instantly put that up, and I guess that was helpful for people. Mm -hmm. I just got, I just sort of laughed when the whole thing happened because I was like, hey, um, I know, like, it's kind of scary, but if the website hasn't told you directly, I wouldn't go running to change your password now because it right. could still be suffering from the bleed. Right. I <laughs> so, would just avoid logging into it altogether. Yeah. Period, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I don't think, I think like one website sent me something and said it. And then uh, when I first like started reading about it and like, okay, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then I got to an article and they're like, yeah, it's, you know, this, it's open SSL, right? That was the yes, problem. Yes, open SSL. Yep. And so they're like, yeah, it's this, you know, this uh, version here. And I was like, Hmm. I don't think anybody but like dudes like currently developing would be on the most current version of OpenSSL, yeah. 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 Uh I think I use um I was thinking that and then uh 
just recently I logged into sneak email, which I use to create uh, email addresses to sign up for things. <laughs> yeah. And, um, he had like a little, uh, heart bleed notification and he simply said, there's no need to worry about heart bleed. It's because of blah, blah, blah version of, uh, open SSL. And like, it was like F or something is the bad one. And he's like, and we're still on like Zed. <laughs> yeah. before. Right. So. <coughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Yeah, we had at work, uh, let's see, we have seven or eight different servers at work, and of them, only two were affected. All of the others were running a sufficiently old version of <laughs> OpenSSL that it was not <laughs> it was not affected by that bug. So... But they've uh, the two that were affected have been patched and and just to be totally safe, we like revoked and reset all of the certificates on every single site that we do SSL just to be like a hundred percent safe. So sweet, yeah. That was uh, that was a fun time for our system administrator. I can tell you that much. He was uh, really thrilled for about a week <laughs> to be and super excited about the coffee that's there. Yes. Well, that's what... Ah, I'm not going to go yeah. into that. There we go. Yeah. That's for the after podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's for the uh, <laughs> that's for the we, post show. We might be into that one now. Yeah, actually, we're at uh, 124, so... Sweet. Yeah. I will probably cut it some point a half an hour before now, and this would be the... Uh, Welcome to episode two of season uh, two. Season two, episode two. That's right. Watch out for cannibals. Also, <laughs> also known as episode 13, if you're just keeping track of all of the episodes altogether. Depending on which canon you believe. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Stardate. Oh. <clears throat> So have you, uh, there's something, uh, I have only caught a few episodes, uh, but have you gotten into Cosmos? Uh, I have not even seen a complete episode. I've only seen about 10 or so minutes of it. Um, so no, I haven't gotten into it. I do want to watch it, but I'm, I'm kind of going to just wait and see it in an, in some kind of an on-demand fashion. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh... I, whenever I hear him like in interviews, I just love that guy. Neil deGrasse yes. Tyson is awesome person. I agree totally. And he makes like science sound fun, and he's he explains it easily. So I was excited for the show, and the show is pretty impressive. But what I've found is because I tend to watch things on demand, i.e., the computer, like <laughs> I engross myself in other stuff especially when i watch some like throwaway shows or something like supernatural like i can take it or leave it okay i'll just (laughs) or agents of shield i'll just put it on and work on the blog or something right but in cosmos i'm like learning something and i'm engrossed and so i can't do anything else i'm like watching it (laughs) and then i'm like where did the day go so i think i do need to sit down and like watch it in front of the tv and yeah. uh, maybe enjoy it with the wife if she's interested. But sometimes she's like had a long day. She's not interested in learning more stuff. She just wants to veg out and watch like something silly. Yeah. 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 It's uh, what I did see of it. I liked, um, I just wasn't quite in the right frame of mind for watching that. It just wasn't what, what I was looking for at the, at the time in terms yeah. of entertainment, but it was, uh, um, you can tell he's very passionate about it. He's got a lot of energy for, um, for science and he's obviously very knowledgeable. Um, and yet, like you said, he makes it very, very approachable. So, um, it doesn't, I think there were some people who, uh, in the on the religious side of the ball that got a little offended by some stuff in the first episode that was really the only one that I've heard a lot of controversy about I don't know if there's any hmm, anything I haven't heard any of that. that yeah 
crazy. It was just a. It was just a. Um, it was just a couple of articles that I saw that was about um, the particular. Um, there was some. There was a story that he that was told in the first episode. I think that was about um, somebody who he considered to be a martyr for science and they were kind of like disproving that he was really a martyr for science and more that it was just political intrigue within the church kind of a thing. Um, so it was kind of like playing it up incorrectly to say that he was really scientific (laughs) and that was why they were doing this. Um, there, there's been a, actually I think I've watched like three episodes maybe. And like you just said, that's another factor is that, I'm not in the right headspace to watch it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm looking for escapism, not like learning at that time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think in at least two of the episodes that I've seen so far, like I've just thought, Ooh, that's, uh, I guess it's a science show, but I certainly don't think that maybe people in conservative areas will like what he just said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I don't I don't know how it's I, again. I have to actually watch it at some point so that I can make maybe a, a more informed critique of this. But I kind of feel like, um, and maybe I'm giving him a lot of benefit of the doubt. But I feel like he's not presenting the religious aspects of it to say, um, you know, religion versus science. I think he's he's presenting those aspects of it to say there are religious people in history who have been scientists as well and he's trying to tr- he's trying to, you know, offer an olive branch to use a religious metaphor um to people on that side of the fence and say look, science and religion don't have to butt heads. It really is about uh what we can, you know, what we, what do we observe, and what do we, what, what do we believe, and how do we reconcile those things without, um, you know, wanting to be at each other's throats all the time? So, yeah, he's, yeah, I don't think uh, I just thought like when I was watching it uh, that one or two things that hit me, I thought like certain people who will never be happy, right? Like, mm-hmm. not to point fingers, but like certain, like, you know, tea party people aren't going to be happy happy with no matter what you do. Like, you could have no government and we would still spend too much money on government, right? Right, yeah. So, <laughs> cer- those certain types of people would be angry about this show no matter what, but he presents the information as factual or observational he doesn't like sort of take a side emotionally or sure. you know call anyone out so it's it's done in good taste so yeah yeah and the segment that i that i did see he was also he wasn't talking about uh christianity but he was talking about um he was talking about religions and uh uh both ancient and more modern um and how they, you know, they looked at the stars and what did they, the stories that they told with the constellations and stuff like that. Like, there's a history of trying to understand what the stars are and what the stars are about. And that's kind of the context he was putting it in. Like you said, it's it's observational. He's not forming an attachment or making a judgment on it. Right. He's just saying cultures have been trying to figure out what this is and have been coming up with explanations for it um, based on based on whatever they could observe at the time, both about the stars, but also about human nature. So, Word. Totally. <laughs> uh, I just recently watched the Maltese Falcon. Really? Yeah, it was playing at a theater here in town. So, Oh, cool. Went with some friends and saw it, and Humphrey Bogart, he's the man, I tell you. It's true. I i didn't know what to do. Like, sometimes I thought he wanted to hit me, and sometimes I thought he <laughs> wanted to kiss me. And I would have been happy with either. I was, I was in awe with them. He was, like, really good. Yeah. The Falcon was all right. <laughs> His, he was a little stiff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. It was what's fun is uh I think I talked about it before like watching like movies from the 70s or 
whatever, how there's like a different pacing style mm-hmm. than, say, your Transformers. Uh, <laughs> yes. But very different than Transformers. <laughs> yes. But the Maltese Falcon was. So I mentioned this to someone. They're like, I wondered if that was sort of a stylistic choice for like sort of a noir film period. But I was like, or are all the films from this era like so talky? Like, yeah, yeah. obviously, I don't mean talky like is in like a theater piece, which some of those movies back then are really like set in a stage and like a theater right. taped. Right. But I mean like talky as in. Like someone walks into his office and he's like, so uh, what are you here for? And she's like, it's my sister. See, she left San Francisco about two weeks ago. She fell in with this <laughs> right. man named Roger and Roger took her. Yes. And he wouldn't, well, not just expositioning, but talking that fast. Right. Like it was like watching <laughs> right. a Shakespearean yeah. play. It took me probably the first five minutes to get into it where like, I can understand you now. <laughs> yeah. They were just talking so fast. Like even to get the exposition and the plot, like, right. Okay. He's walking away. Does he have the Falcon now? Because I didn't understand that when he said, I just went to the bus locker. I took the ticket. I got the bus. I'm like, what? Right. It was crazy. This Falcon's got a few special modifications of my own. Oh, wait. Wrong Falcon. Then there's like, you know, nowadays we have like the awesome uh, job of fight choreographer. (laughs) They did not have that in those days. True. Like some guy, actually not just some guy. Um is it it's not Marty. Who I want to say Marty, but it's not. It's uh the guy who's in Young Frankenstein as Igor. Mm, Peter Lorre. Yeah. Peter Lorre. He was in the movie and I was like, "Holy cow, he's young." But he pulls a gun on Humphrey Bogart. And starts talking to him, and the whole time, like you're, you know, it's coming because you've seen films before. And <laughs> Humphrey Bogart is the hero, and the right. hero always disarms a bad guy. And it's like, so I'm waiting for this awesome move, and and basically just like Humphrey Bogart like pulls the gun towards him, mm-hmm. and does a karate chop on Peter Lorre's hand. <laughs> I was like. You know, I was expecting for uh, Liam Neeson, you know, to like yes. say, you will not take my daughter and like flip this guy <laughs> right. over his back and like break his shoulder blade. <laughs> but instead it was like karate chop. I am not a rich man, but I have a certain falcon and I'm not afraid to hit you over the head with it. Yes, we need to have him come on the show <laughs> and just leave messages. That would be great. <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me. Uh, the NPR News Quiz Show has Carl Castle, but we've got Liam Neeson we've to do Liam a voicemail Neeson. for you. <clears throat> I will not call you back. If you leave this message, I will come to your house and disembowel you with a spoon. <laughs> As long as there aren't wolves on the way, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or Sith. Turns out I can't fight Sith very well. <laughs> I get all ghosty. Uh, I'm, I'm actually having a lot of fun... And that's a very long podcast, so I just want to defend our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Although they do have a format on the Flophouse where they watch a film and specifically talk about it the whole time. (laughs) Right, right. But it's a very long podcast, the Flophouse, and they, um, in the past, I guess they did this uh, episode where they went back and they watched the episode two of Star Wars. Okay. And well, I thought it was interesting. We need friends with uh, podcast shows. That's our next uh, goal because apparently this was an idea of a pod crawl. Okay. So some some other movie podcast, maybe on the Five by Five Network or something, or Revision Three, they did um, 
they did episode one, then the Flophouse did episode two, and then another show was going to do episode three. So you could listen to all three. That was their idea of a pod crawl, I guess. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, I listened to them making fun of episode two because you brought up Star Wars, and uh, that was very entertaining. Yeah. I mean, my favorite scene is like, I killed the younglings. I killed them all, even the younglings. <laughs> Sorry, I said that with too much conviction to actually. Right, make. right. You emoted. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it sounds they, like they, something my daughter would say. She did. I emoted. emoted. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yes. That's the Montreal Sauce t shirt available next week. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> from I Teespring. I emoted. I emoted. <laughs> and then it's got the little uh, poop emoji. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. Good. So anyway, that that was a very entertaining episode. They made fun of things that I never thought of. Not that I have any examples, <laughs> but... Uh, actually... Um, they were sort of like really confused by the scene. Spoilers: the scene where uh, Obi Wan goes to the planet and learns about the clones, and they're like, "So these aliens are all like, hey, uh, who are you?" And they're like, oh, and right. Obi Wan's like, uh, so like <laughs> this old Jedi like mentioned this place. They're like, oh yeah, we know him. Yeah, you know him? Okay, we'll tell you all about what we're doing then. <laughs> right, exactly. And I was like, I never thought of it that way. It was a, sort of an awkward scene. Yeah, but... he just kind of walks in and and they're like, oh, you're a Jedi? You must know that other Jedi, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or to these aliens, all the Jedi look the same. Right. <laughs> And they also pointed out something that um, I'm pretty sure I I caught the first time I watched it, but it was still hilarious again. They're like, so in the first movie, uh, he's like, I guess we're supposed to believe he's like a young looking like nine or 11 because the princess is only like 16 or 14. Right. But then in this movie, he's like at least 18 and she hasn't (laughs) aged at all. Right. But maybe we're supposed to believe that she's this beautiful kind of creature who ages and still looks gorgeous and whatever. So so they were saying that whole like love thing between them is kind of creepy. Like he's been in love with her since he's like It's definitely seven. creepy. Yeah. It's definitely creepy. Right. And he's got he just has in that there's that scene where he's supposed to be like guarding her or they're kind of setting it up where he's going to be guarding her. And he just looks like a creep. Like he's standing in the hallway and he's got like, he's got like his head tilted and the way that his shadows are falling on, on his face. It's like, dude, you're just, you're just like stalking her. That's. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole, like, the whole, um, they made fun of the whole like emperor Palpatine thing too. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just like this whole thing where like we know, but I guess if you're supposed to be watching this in order, you wouldn't know, but you still know, right? Like right. he's this evil character, it's right? Like, well, that's a, the and the thing is, there's so I feel like the way that the movies are set up. Now I'm going to go into my whole machete order spiel, um, but I. I feel like the way the movies are set up, like there's supposed that's supposed to be some kind of a cliffhanger that he is the emperor. But then in the in the original trilogy, you've also got the cliffhanger of Vader is Luke's father, right? Right. So the only way that you can watch them, the movies, and really know and and preserve both of them is to watch it in what's called machete order, which is basically watching you you start with the original Star Wars, A New Hope, and then you watch Empire Strikes Back. And in Empire Strikes Back, you really only get one little kind of scene of the Emperor, and he's just a, he's just a hologram in that scene. You don't really see him. 
So then you get the cliffhanger of that's Luke's father. Um, and that preserves it. Cause if you had watched one, two, three, you'd already know that. Right. So then you go from empire strikes back. You, it's called machete order because you cut out episode one entirely and don't watch it. Um, preferably burn the disc if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because nothing important to the plot happens at all in episode one. Like, there's, you don't need to know anything about, the only thing you get is sort of Anakin's origin, but if anything, Anakin's origin kind of confuses some of the mysticism, so it it's, it's dumb to even watch it. Nothing else important happens. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't precursor the Death Star, it doesn't tell you about the Republic, like, falling or turning into the Empire or anything like that. Like, nothing important happens except that you get introduced to Anakin. Maybe is the only important thing. And you also get introduced to the fact that has no relevance to the plot of the entire series that Anakin built C-3PO. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, if if you get rid of Episode 1 entirely, you actually restore <clears throat> some kind of important things to to Star Wars, which is that you don't know where... If you don't watch Episode One, you have no idea where C-3PO came from. We still have no idea where R2-D2 came from. It, that's, you know... Anakin didn't build him, I don't think, uh, unless he did it, like, before he was born. So... Um, <laughs> In the which, podcast... They're like, there's this really pointless scene where they're running around the factory making the robots, and like, all of a sudden, like, R2 is stuck. What's he gonna do? And these jets come out, and he's like, yes. apparently, he never needed to use those in the next few movies ever again, right. even though they might have right. been helpful, say, in Dagobah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could have gotten out of the swamp, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh... There's definitely stuff like that. Like you see, and you're like, oh, yay, R2D. Wait a minute. Come on. Um, and then uh, the other thing that's in episode one is the midi chlorians. Like, all of a sudden, there's a scientific explanation for what the force is and how it works. Right. And I that's, was going to say that. Yeah. So if you get rid of episode one, you kind of get rid of those things, um, in a sense, <laughs> even though I guess technically they're canon and exist. You can pretend they don't. Um so you start with episode two, um, and now you're kind of in flashback mode where you're learning about who Luke's father is. So then you learn about who Luke's father is in episodes two and three, and that lets you then move on to uh, episode six. What was what their their also their biggest complaint was that um, I, I was like, oh, I never really. Th- thought of it too much but um they said that episode two when they were reviewing it was they're like there's just so much conversation in this film like obi-wan talking to the clone makers and political intrigue with like the emperor talking to people and they said it's like a lot of talking and then they throw in like a few action scenes yeah, but like when he, they're like when you go back to the original series, there's stuff happening all the time. Like there's a few scenes yeah. where it's like, okay, Luke and someone are sitting on the Millennium Falcon, but they're playing monster chess. Like something's going yeah, on. Yeah, something's happening, right? And I thought, oh, that's a, that's interesting. I don't remember episode two that well, but that that's true. They they were saying too that the like sort of chase scene i remember there was like a chase scene with flying cars and i remember not enjoying it and there <laughs> they just watched it and they were just saying like how completely and utterly like disinterested like obi-wan and uh and the and anakin were and i was like oh yeah maybe that's why right like, I don't know if it's like the direction, like these guys are Jedi, so they're supposed to be like totally cool with like this scary, like flying around and driving, but <laughs> yeah. they just seem bored, like they weren't actually right. there. Right. And I was like, good call. Yeah, and he, yeah, Anakin's sitting in the car and he's like, he's not even paying attention to what Obi-Wan is saying. He's just like looking because he sees where the other person is and then he just jumps out. 
and and Obi Wan isn't even really angry. He's just like, oh, I hate it when I he hate does it when that. he does that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how Obi Wan had a little bit of a Brooklyn accent there for you. <laughs> oh, I hate it when he this guy. I hate it when he does that. <laughs> now Wise Guts to goes and gets him. That's that's you know. <laughs> That's why, like, the Sand People never mess with Obi-Wan in later movies, because he was just walking to his <laughs> right. cave, and he's like, I'm walking here. Can't you see I'm walking here? And they're like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, so there's, like, this force thing, all right? And uh, it binds us all together, uh, and uh, civilized weapon thing. You know what? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this this R two unit like has a message for some Obi guy. Do you know who this is? He's like pushing playback. I don't know, kid, but that chick is some hot lady there, isn't she? <laughs> I'd like to show her my lightsaber. What? <laughs> <laughs> Check this out. I ain't used that name in a long time. <laughs> a long time. All right. <laughs> I don't. I like I it. I don't know where it's gone. It's off the rails. It's fine. <laughs> it's about that time to be off the rails, I think. It is. It is. It's TikTok time. Yep. Yeah. Skype is also being funky here and there too. I don't know if you're seeing stuff on your end too, but yes, yeah, totally, yeah. I noticed earlier, and I made a face. <laughs> you were probably like, "He doesn't like what I'm saying." Uh, but yeah, stop talking about Star Wars. He doesn't like me. <laughs> I was I was looking at the camera, trying to give you eye contact, and uh, my green light next to the webcam went off and back on and i was like you don't see that what <laughs> and then i saw my picture flicker for a second and i was like uh that didn't happen at the same time <laughs> <laughs> hooray for buffer yes buffer overflow yes so i i'd like to think that we are like um Neil deGrasse Tyson in the fact that we explain things in an easy way for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm we sure... We covered Machete Order. That was good. And when people listen to this episode or the one before it, uh, they will <laughs> completely understand SSL because <laughs> we totally explained that. We did. We did. Oh, there's a certificate authority magically out there approving websites for you. Right. And <laughs> we other websites through it have to pay the certificate authority to tell your browser that this is an okay website and they do what they say they do. Right. But in actuality, that website had to pay the certificate authority to get that approval to your browser. So that seems a little weird to me. Like, <laughs> Yes. Like they're not vetting this website. Like, oh, yes, they actually do sell pencils and not penis pumps. So, right. Okay. Right. We're going to go ahead and say this is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It is. It depends, though, on. Um, so, there's just the class one SSL, and that's what gets you just the little lock icon, right? So, the lock right. icon shows up in your browser. But then, if um, if you want it to have like where the entire bar, like the entire location bar turns green, green and it has like the name. That's like a, I don't know if it's a class two or a class three cert, but there actually is more verification process that goes through that. Like getting one of those certificates takes, uh, can take up to a week, I think, because you actually have to find out the, the other company has to like validate that you are an existing business and that you have a, that you have certain kind of business license and that you more or less do what you purport to do. I mean, there actually is more, um, involved in that. And typically Uh, if you're a, um, if you're a, uh, like if you're conducting transactions on your website, you want to, you want to try to go for that kind of a certificate certification as much as possible because that communicates to people that 
there's trust more, yeah, there's more trust going on there. And I think like if you're going to put one of those VeriSign whatever icons on your website <laughs> somewhere, um, VeriSign verified, um, super secure, Norton antivirus. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't even make sense. Uh, <laughs> By Menon. <laughs> Hot pocket approved. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, I emoted. <laughs> I emoted. Uh, I emoted. Yeah. So um, I. And then I was reading that there's a circle of trust signing you can get as well. That's pretty interesting. Or web yeah, yeah. trusts. So you have to go to this website and sign up, and then you have to be approved by the other members. Right. Yeah. It's the vetting process. I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot yeah. about being secure, which is weird because I'm mostly insecure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you can do is, um, so you can generate a certificate and be your own certificate authority. Right. And then you can sign your own certificate, self, self-signed self certificate. Yep. Um, and what you can do is you can take your certificate authority certificate that you generated, and you can install it on devices uh, as you as you need to. So that you can say, okay, I have explicitly installed the certificate on this device, so now the device won't give me the nasty pop-up that says, we don't know who this is, we don't know what the certificate means, it's not validated. Um, the, device will, the device will just trust it because you've actually explicitly installed the, the CA cert, it's called, the Certificate Authority cert on that machine. Do you need to do that, or can you... Or is it just a different case with browsers? Because I thought I read, and I didn't try it, but I thought I read, like, if you go to a site that you've self-signed and you click through this scary notification, then you can go into your browser setting and just tell it to accept that particular certificate. So, yep, you can do that where you explicitly tell the browser, I trust this certificate, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that you can do, which I guess is maybe a little higher level, is you can actually install the certificate authority right. into your machine, and then any certificate that you sign with that certificate authority oh, will I be trusted it. automatically by the device. Okay. And what so. makes that good? So I'll use the example of the I'll use my example of the iPhone. So I'm using um, I'm for debugging my apps. I use this piece of software called Charles Web Proxy, which is a pretty common piece of software for people who want to debug things to use because you basically can tell your device, proxy all my traffic through this Charles app, and it will send the traffic out to the main web. And uh, for regular unencrypted HTTP traffic, that's fine. It will show you, like, here's all the requests that your device is making, and here's what's coming back to you from the server. Um, So you can debug, like, the traffic that's going in and out of your device. But with HTTPS, it's encrypted, so you don't get anything. What you can do is you create, within the Charles Web Proxy, you create a certificate authority and your own certificate. And then when you install that certificate authority on your um, on your iPhone, then Charles can act as the endpoint, decrypt the traffic because it's talking SSL with the other server, so it can now decrypt the traffic, and then it's going to re-encrypt it using its own certificate and send it to your device. In a way, it's sort of acting as a man-in-the-middle, but since you are running it, it's not a man-in-the-middle attack, it's just a man-in-the-middle that lets you decrypt the traffic and see what it's doing. So that way, I've got this app where I'm trying to troubleshoot something that's encrypting over SSL and make sure that it's sending the right thing and I'm getting the right thing back. But of course, it's over SSL, so I need so to have something decrypting that in between. Fancy. Yeah. So the certificate authority is nice because if you're in Safari on the iPhone, and presumably uh, Android has a lot of the same kind of stuff where like, you're in Chrome on Android or just the regular internet browser on Android, it's going to let you like approve an individual certificate. But if you needed to install, 
if you needed to do the same kind of thing where you're debugging an app, well, the certificate authentication is like probably at a lower level. It's at the system level. So the system needs to be able to trust those certificates and, and, Android probably has a different way of doing this. Like you could explicitly install certificates through, you could probably sideload them or something because it's Android, right? But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fanciness involved in taking a self signed cert and getting your device to trust it um, without giving you a rigmarole every time you're trying to go to that website. Right. Yeah. That's the end cause. Yeah. This has been. Uh tech support for Chris from Paul. <laughs> Which is something I didn't do this episode. I usually like to come up with a question and yeah. get my problem solved and re-record it. If that was our format, I should be a little more ignorant, maybe. <laughs> but I don't understand why my phone is locked. <laughs> I don't I remember slid my the pass- phone a- I slid the phone across the table and it still didn't unlock. It said slide this way. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be a good video, actually, to see somebody just like sliding it across the table and getting frustrated. <laughs> if you it's get not bored, unlocking. If you get bored, you should check out the uh I don't know, I'll have to find I'll post it in show notes. <laughs> um there's a video a video of uh, people using the Oculus Rift. That's pretty funny. Oh, okay, good. Because uh, I used it recently, and yes, there's problems with that device. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> the problem is, is your brain is where you take most of your sensory in, right? And so right. you use your eyes and your ears and your nose and all that. So when you're in the Oculus Rift and you have the goggles completely, completely over your eyes and you're submersed in this 3d environment you then have like a joystick in many cases in your hand and that's how you walk forward in the game but all of your senses in your head are saying i'm walking but your body's not moving and right this yeah. is what this is why people get motion sickness so um my wife got she started to feel ill and quit and then i played for five minutes and since I watched her play, I kind of knew what to do. So I finished, but man, if I was in there longer, I would have got sick too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I can see like what the benefit of all these like silly uh, game companies coming up with like a treadmill or something to put people on, <laughs> so you can still have that motion. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, my friend uh, posted a video of people like her. Uh, even my wife's aunt, who let us play with it, she said that. Um, she did a roller coaster game in the Oculus and like she fell down. <laughs> yeah. And this this video is mostly people doing that roller coaster one and they're just like falling over. People are holding them up, like they're screaming. Like yeah, it's right. pretty intense. Yeah. That your senses are just like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. And I got to play with Google Glass recently. Nice. So cool. I got to wear Google Glass and have it not respond to me. Because <laughs> a bunch of people have been using it, so I don't think it's really sort of latched on to anybody's voice. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Google, okay, okay, go, go, go. <laughs> it was not. But you can touch the side and scroll through, which I found to be easier anyway and made you less of a dill weed. <laughs> But, it, I mean, still, Google Glass seems like, you know, the Bluetooth of the new millennia. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's like, oh, you're wearing Google Glass, you pretentious jerk. <laughs> you know, like people with Bluetooth that are sticking out their ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, still feel, so- I still feel, like, self-conscious when I'm walking, like, I'll be walking to lunch or something like that, but I'll have my earbuds in with the little microphone, and uh, somebody will call, or I'll be talking to somebody, and, like... You just you feel really self conscious like I'm walking oh, yeah. around and it looks like I'm talking to nobody. So Yes. Yeah. At least if you have physically have the phone up to your ear, people get it, right? But there's right. no cue if you just have Yeah, I guess people probably are getting used to the fact that people have their earbuds in. If they're talking, they're probably talking to somebody, but it's weird. Speaking of cues, uh, I demand that the world follow my new idea which is to 
when you call someone to announce that you're calling. I know we all have caller ID, but in the case, even if that's not the case, like I'm tired of the person answering the phone saying hello. Right. I would like it to be the other way around because I'm finding when the telemarketers call and I pick up the phone but I don't answer it, the machine can't start to talk to me. Oh, interesting. So if there's dead silence for a while, the phone just hangs up. But if a person's calling and I pick it up, they're like, hello, hello, is anyone there? Oh, hello. Right, right. Then I know it's a human. Yes. And I can start talking to them. <laughs> a human. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Or I'll pick up the phone. I'll go like, I'll make it sound like the phone isn't working and go, oh. And then all of a sudden I hear click and it's like, hello, are you interested in a fabulous vacation? You just won one. <laughs> Press. Like, yeah. Funny. I have to make a noise first. Mm-hmm. Either that or I am going to buy another Raspberry Pi and teach it to screen my calls. There you go. <laughs> just teach let it. it. Yeah. Teach it to screen your calls. Yes. <laughs> teach it. Make it pick up and then wait for it waits for a noise. Yeah. So they're like in a waiting game. <laughs> there is a, I don't know if it's on Instructables, but I do remember reading it and I'm sure I could find it quickly. But I'm pretty sure it was a Raspberry Pi, but somebody made one uh, so that it will kind of like Google Voice does. It screens the calls for you when they come in. Yep. But this particular device, like he just simply has it ask you a math question and then you answer it. So, What's oh. one plus one? And then you have to push two and it'll connect the call. But that way, if it's like a machine calling you, you're not going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. Of course, a telemarketer could still do it. Sure. Might as well make these companies pay actual humans to do this, though. We get a lot of telemarketing calls because my wife is very generous and donates to a lot of charities and so ah uh, okay um i was just reading today that um one of the things that you can do um when you get a lot of junk mail they had all these suggestions like there's like this website called charity navigator so you can kind of find out information about a charity okay and you can find out how much they contact people and maybe how to get out of it. I don't know. I didn't really look at the website. What I found interesting was they said um, if you get a lot of telemarketer calls from charities, you should absolutely never give them any money because those particular companies that use that telemarketing firm, the telemarketing firms probably take 30% of your donation. So it's better to donate directly. And I was like... Oh, I never thought of that. I can't wait to the next call I get and be like, no, I'm not going to give you money. <laughs> You're going to take it for yourself, you big jerk. That's right. Shaving a little off the top, and by a little, I mean 30%. Yeah. Apple. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? Uh, what's that popular one that the NFL always uses? Um. I can't remember. There's like a charity out there that's really big. Um, but they I know they, they use, have like Play 60 or something like that. Yeah, but, uh, but it's like a, a joint it's a joint venture because it's not really the NFL who runs it. It's right. some other because they used to when I worked at Target in my youth, you could yeah. donate a percentage of your check every week when you got it to this oh. particular charity. Um, so it's a huge organization, um, but I do remember learning that, like, pretty much. Oh, it's United Way. That's what ah, it is. Ah, yeah. Pretty much, like, ten percent of the money that the United Way raises goes to their charity. The rest is all to run United Way. Right. Yeah. And so I've always been like a little hesitant of stuff like that. Like, holy cow. Yeah. It's it's uh it's the dang people. If they if once they start employing people, it costs yeah. a lot of money to run those things. Yeah, why don't they just move it to overseas like every other organization? <laughs> just robots. automate all of it. Yeah, yes, robots. Right. I like it. <clears throat> Hello, sir. I am calling to inquire about a donation to Hell Nine Thousand Way. <laughs> 
<laughs> how much of my money will go to Hell 9000 and how much do you take? I'm sorry, Dave. I can't tell you that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> I cannot give you that information. <laughs> Divide by uh, zero error. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I emoted. <laughs> I emoted. Uh, I think we should call it. We're over the two-hour mark. Yes, sir. I did notice that. Uh, I agree. Which I means was, we'll have uh, two good one-hour episodes in this bad boy. Boosh. Yeah. Booyah. Do we need... We need like a complete non sequitur and then an ending. And then we need to do the proper ending for this episode. So the first thing we recorded. Yeah. So I just have to be like, oh my gosh, it's raining outside. Oh, we should probably cut the show short anyway. And then that's the ending to the first one. (laughs) (laughs) If you can just edit it in somewhere, like in the middle of one of my sentences. I'll toss it right in there. So, yeah, Paul, I've been watching this. Oh, it's raining outside. We need to go. Boosh. <laughs> that would be even better if you could go ahead and edit you into there saying that. Sure. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I like that. All right. I am, I of course, at Paul D on all of the uh, social media places that I participate in. So you can it's try true. to find me on things. I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah. I am uh, at sick days at most of those places. And the ones that uh, I'm not, well, I don't want you to find me on. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that's two Ks. So I I can't spell right good and such. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this has been Montreal Sauce. It has and been. <laughs> it will continue to be. <laughs> it will continue to be in the next episode. Uh, episodes. Yes. Is a, yeah. Stay tuned for more fabulous guests in season two. Yes. Yeah, I think we should try to get Jonah on for the next one. We can talk Captain America. Cool, cool. Detail. I'm down with that. And uh, I'm sorry we went over a little bit on time because Jenny isn't paying attention. <laughs> All right.